Thank you for joining us today. At ResLife, our mission is to develop committed followers of Jesus Christ to reach the world. Our content is created to equip and empower you in God's purpose. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, we went over some uh, things that were pretty funny we found that I wanted to just share. One was a kindergarten teacher, was observing her classroom of children while they drew, occasionally walking around to see each child's artwork. As she got to one little girl who was laboring diligently, she stopped to ask what the drawing was. And the little girl, without looking up, busily drawing, said, I'm drawing God. And the teacher paused and said, but no one knows what God looks like. And without missing a beat, she says, well, they will when I'm done. And um, there was this young child who was acting up during worship's, morning worship service, and the parents did their best to maintain a sense of order in the pew, but were losing the battle. Finally, the mother took the little fella up, walked sternly out the, up the aisle and on her way out. Just before reaching the door, the little one called loudly to the congregation, pray for me, pray for me. A little boy was overheard praying, Lord, if you can't make me a better boy, don't worry about it. I'm having a good time like I am. <laughs> Another Sunday school teacher asked her little ones, um, why should we be quiet in church? And a little girl replied, because people are sleeping. <laughs> My grandson was visiting one day and he asked, uh, Grandma, do you know how you and God are alike? And <clears throat> I mentally polished my halo and asked, uh, no, how are we alike? Uh, you're both old, was the reply. <laughs> I, I thought they would see how I feel on the inside, not the outside. But Okay, a 10-year-old under the tutelage of her grandmother was becoming quite knowledgeable about the Bible. Then one day she floored her grandmother by asking, which virgin was the mother of Jesus, the Virgin Mary or the King James Virgin? <laughs> so uh, this grandmother was teaching her three, the three-year-old granddaughter, Caitlin, the Lord's Prayer. For several evenings at bedtime, she would repeat after me the lines from this prayer. Finally, she decided to go solo. I listened with pride as she carefully enunciated each word right up to the end of the prayer where she said, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us some email, amen. <laughs> and uh, we were singing uh, when Daniel was about four years old. We were singing praise. We were during the worship service and, and part of the song said, sing praise unto our maker. And after several times singing that, he pulled on my dress and said, mommy, why are we singing praise until we're naked? Uh, being a parent, being a mom, you know, that's uh, a lot of work, but it sure is fun. What, what spice there is to life, and, and we have so much to, to treasure. Um, now, like, like Dwayne does, we're going to start at the beginning. So... Um, I just want to remind each mother, woman, well, every single one of you here that we were made for a purpose. And moms and grandmas, you, God had a purpose. You're not an accident, an oops. Um, you know, even, even though you didn't intend to become his mom right away when you got married and ah, voila, along comes the first one. Um, uh, God has a purpose. And, and uh, so I want to look at the beginning when God made Adam and he actually stood back after making him and he thought, 
we can do better. <laughs> uh, really, that's not quite the wording in the Bible, but that's what he, uh, he thought. Um, and he said, it's not good for man to be alone. And the word there means to be one part only. Uh, so he just determined that um, Adam needed some help around. And so uh, he made him a help meet or a helper comparable to him is, is the words that are used there. And the word help means one who helps, aids, um, it comes from the word surround, to protect, to help. And it's the very same word, Hebrew word, that's used to describe God himself in, as our helper in several um, places. Like in Psalm 129, I lift up my hills to the hill, my eyes to the hills. From whence does my help come? And and um, that's uh, from God. And there's no one like God who rides on the heavens to help you. And that's the same word um, here to describe that he saw the man uh, needed this this woman. So then the word meet is means suitable or comparable. Uh, corresponding to, opposite, at a distance from, but the other part, the counterpart, um, a part that harmonizes in function with the other one, but is opposite and different from him. And I think it's very significant that that word, um, meet or counterpart, comes from the word that means to stand boldly out opposite, to announce always by word of mouth to one present, to expose, predict, explain, expound fully, messenger plainly profess, tell, utter, speak, rehearse, report, or show forth. How amazing is that? That when God made, decided that, um, you know, to make the woman, that he made her a helper, someone to help, assist, and surround, and protect, and who was going to be vocal about it. Um, and for most of us women, we... We'll be honest that we do have, if we don't have the gift to talk, we at least have the desire to talk and to express things vocally and with words. And sometimes we can see this as a curse. It just gets us in trouble. It can turn into nagging. It can turn into, you know, and you over. I remember having so much to try to pour into my children and especially the boys, you know, and I just would try to be so helpful and teach and teach and teach. And I remember one time, uh, one of my boys just looked at me while I'm explaining something to them and he looks at me like this. I mean, he just had had enough, I guess. And he's like, mom, you already said that. And I said, well, God paints a sunrise and the next morning he paints another sunrise and he uses one color and then he uses another color and and it just like, that's mom, I got lots of colors and I don't know which color you like and which one you're gonna grab and which one's gonna speak to you. And so I just say it in all the colors and you'll get one of them, uh, you'll, you'll get it. And, and so show me some grace and, and um, I'll, I'll try to get to the point. In fact, that's one of the things that as I was preparing this message and Dwayne's like, tell lots of stories. And I said, well, okay. And I thought, I'll go through some of my old uh, journals and just refresh. Um, you know, it's been a while since I've, I'm a grandma now, but since I was a mother, so let me just refresh some of the happenings. And I noticed on one of the pages I had stuck a little sticky note square, um, and, and it said, oh, God, help me. My husband's so good at just getting to the point when he preaches, and he actually tells me, Jeannie, just get to the point. Just get to the point. And I said, you have a 
point that's singular and I just, my points explode. I have explosive points and every time I try to get to the point, it explodes and then there's lots of points and it's like, oh my goodness, there's so many points. And um, so anyway, praise God for grace and, and I'll just shoot out the points and you guys just catch whichever one fits you, okay? <laughs> we'll we'll try, to, try to keep it focused enough that <laughs> somebody will get something. Oh, bless the Lord. And um, so I just want to really um, help, no matter what situation you're in, just help you catch the vision that um, you are so, so important and that the, the goal of parenting, both for mothers and fathers, but mothers, is to transfer your faith. And that's what um, in Second uh, Timothy we see that, that that's what was said about Timothy was that his grandmother, he, the faith he got from his grandmother that was passed down and that he caught it. It's just the mo most important thing. And I love reading in the Bible each of the accounts of like Moses' mother. And she didn't have the best of circumstances, but she passed on faith um, that, that overcame and, and, and brought him around through, even though he was in a whole different environment, it, it came back and, and was in his heart. And it, that just amazes me. And, and Samuel, the same thing, his, how his mother planted uh, good seeds in his heart that, that brought fruit, fruit later, even though he was um, separated and not always every day of his growing up with his mother. And, um, and then, of course, Timothy's grandmother. And how... You know, planting those seeds in, it's, it can be really difficult. Um, it's, the kids are not born just like, oh, mama, daddy, how wonderful you are. I want to be just like you. And they are born, and the Bible calls it simple, um, that we each are born without, and this is what simple means, and if you read that word in, in Proverbs, this will help you understand a lot of those scriptures if you understand the meaning of the word simple. One who is without moral direction and inclined toward evil. And do you know when you're inclined toward something, if someone doesn't stop you or catch you or pull you back, you're gonna go that direction. And when we realize that our kids don't have to be taught to be selfish, I was, I've been with a lot of grandkids lately, and I was just shocked at these perfect, wonderful pastor's grandkids to hear them say, oh, me first. Oh, I want the biggest part. And I thought, I know, who teaches them that? Who teaches them that? They just, that just comes from their inclination. It's all about me, 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 mine. And, and um, you know, you don't have to teach them. If somebody uh, hits them, they hit back. You know, it's just like uh, forgiveness just isn't born in them. Being patient and loving and kind and Christ-like just doesn't ooze out of them from the minute they're, they're born. Uh, I remember Daniel, oh my goodness, he's an awesome man of God now, but but he was about three, um, two or three years old, and I remember falling on my face one time and, and crying out to God, oh, Lord, didn't you put in him one little bone or sail that wants to be good and, and um, help me find it? Because um, it just seemed like 
My whole day was spent like, no, no, Daniel, no, oh, no, no, don't do that. Oh, no, don't put the coins in the plug-in slots. You know, oh, no, don't pull that tree down over. Oh, and no, and no. And, and I was like, God, I can't, I, I'm supposed to be positive and speak positive things in his life, but there's just hardly a chance. He doesn't give me a chance to say something positive because it's not just a matter of me being being um, mean or irritated or picking on him. He's just dangerous. Uh, and, and I have to, to keep him safe. I have to say no all the time. And I have to, have to, oh no, he's reaching for something he shouldn't. And I have to stop him. And, uh, and, and so, you know, I'm like, God, help me. And uh, really, this was it. the thing that came into my heart that God instructed me was, when he's asleep, lay your hands on him and pray for him. And you know what? That's when they're not doing anything wrong. They just look angelic. And really they do. He's just laying there. He looks like the perfect saint, you know, that just perfect, like he couldn't do anything wrong. How could he do anything wrong? He's such a doll. So I laid my hands on him and I began praying and I thank God, Lord, you did not make him to be a brat. Lord, you made him with a plan and a purpose. And I absolutely love um, seeing what uh, in Jeremiah, the very first chapter, in verse five, it, he says, the Lord came and, to Jeremiah and said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet. And I love seeing that and knowing that before each one of us and each of our children, before they were born, the minute they're conceived, God has a plan. And how awesome is that? And, and you know, I... I, I thought a lot about, you know, the abortion thing and like, wow, somebody gets raped and they get pregnant and how, you know, that was totally not covered in the family package and not, not God's plan, you know, and it doesn't, it seems unfair and uneven. And then I thought, you know what? God is faithful and he's the one that breathes life and purpose into each one. And so just that remembering that, oh God, that's amazing that, that someone who's conceived out of something that was ugly, that you bring forth something absolutely beautiful and fantastic. You take what the devil means for evil and you turn it for good. How awesome is that? And we need to stand with those that are in that situation and believe God for, for mighty things to happen. That yay, another, another child can be born with hope and with purpose and, and for the kingdom of God and keep them uh, covered and prayed for and supported. And um, anyway, I was talking about Daniel. And so... Um, I began to pray over him when he was sleeping that, God, I thank you that you give him a heart that wants to love and serve and please you every day of his life, that you put in him a good heart and you have a good plan. And then it began, not only when he was asleep, I'd find myself sneaking that prayer in when we were asking the blessing at the table, God, thank you for the food. And I thank you that you give each of these children, and especially Daniel, a heart to want to know you and love you and serve you and please you every day of his life. Yes. And then, you know, every once in a while, he'd be playing cars, and I'd think of it. Oh, yeah, he's not being naughty. And I'd run and grab him and lay hands on him and like, oh, God, thank you, God, that you give him a heart to want to know you and love you and serve you and please you every day of his life. And, you know, that carried over into uh, Steffi's life, too, when she was born. And, you know, I know, you're, I've heard it said, everyone's probably going to have at least one strong-willed child. I don't know how we got four of them, but um, 
maybe something was wrong with me as a mother that I have to have four very strong children, but they were all that way. And after having three boys, you know, I thought, man, I'm going to have a little girl, and, and uh, this little girl is going to just just be so sweet and obedient and compliant and whatever I do, she'll want to do, and it's just going to be so easy being a mom to a little girl. I was just so excited. And she came out of the womb with her own opinions. <laughs> I was so shocked. I hardly knew what to do. Um, she was... And so I had to do the same thing with her. Well, oh God, I thank you that you give her a good heart that wants to know you and love you and serve and please you every day of her life. And, and, and I, man, it takes faith. Moms, it takes faith sometimes to pray this and believe this and know this without a doubt that you know God loves you, but God loves those little wild creatures too that, that haven't learned how to, they're, they're learned the the right things, and they love, God loves them so much. And, uh, you know, I had, when she was about five, I had prayed this so much, and I guess she'd heard it so much. One one time I I heard her in the living room chanting something, I came around the corner, and like a good little five-year-old, she's in um, the recliner chair, upside down, standing on her hands with her feet over the back of the chair, and she's singing, chanting, oh, I'm such a good girl. I have such a good heart. I want to love God and serve God and please him with all of my heart, all of my life. And she just was repeating it. And I thought, I didn't try to teach her that. She just heard me say that. But to hear her say that about herself, I'm like, yes, yes, God, we're getting somewhere. We're making a difference. And, uh, and then uh, back to Daniel, because this was so much fun. Um, they, they don't just stay there and they do grow up and they do catch that vision and catch that heart and, and some of the hard times where you, you really can get weary and think, you know, am I really making a difference? Um, they, they just uh, don't always, you know, they're, they're not always making the right choices. Well, Daniel, <clears throat> as a teenager, I, I overheard him asking his dad permission for something, and he must have been about 16 and able to drive because I think he wanted to go somewhere, and, and, um, and his dad told him no, and he had, rash, I mean, he had all his ducks in a row when he, I mean, he knew he was going to convince his dad that it was the right thing to do, so he was very disappointed, very disappointed and very frustrated with his dad. And he came out of the other room into the kitchen where I was, and he's just kind of shaken with frustration because he wanted to disobey so bad. He wanted to do what he wanted to do because he knew what he wanted to do was right and that dad was wrong this time. And, and he came and he said, I don't agree with dad's decision, but I want you and dad to know that I am going to obey him, and it's not that you and dad are perfect parents. It's because I love God, and I want to do it God's way, and God says obey. (laughs) And I was just like, yeah, yeah, we are not perfect parents. We make mistakes, but praise God, that is exactly what we want in the hearts of our children, that, you know, whether we do everything right or, or wrong, that they have hearts to hear from God and seek what God wants, and just obey God, and I just, um, yeah. So, he's turning out okay. <laughs> and uh, and um, one of the, the things about um, parenting and being a mom that I wanted to point out was how much I know the honor, the appreciation, the affirmation, that's really cool, we love it. 
we just eat it up. And here's um, one of the reasons we eat it up is because um, we need it. We, we really do need it. Um, one, one um, now this is a grandma story, but every mom of young kids recognizes this. This really is a really, really true account. One day in grandma's life, um, Avery was two and a half and Molly was one and a half and um, these are just a few highlights that I found in my journal when I was looking through things here to be refreshed, was um, first uh, Avery got lipstick all over the dog and herself. And then while, uh, that, while that was happening, I'm cleaning that up, Molly poured all the dry dog food into the dog's water dish and then I go to clean that up and Avery spilled perfume all over and broke my jewelry box. And then I had them safe right with me in the kitchen while I fixed the meal and suddenly Dwayne came in and yelled, stop Avery, and jumped past me to grab Avery. She was sticking a key in the electric socket and was, she uh, was lining up to put the second one in, the other slot. And then um, I left them in the kitchen for just a minute so I could put the laundry in the dryer. And when I returned, those two little angels were sitting on the floor with all the contents of my purse spilled out. Not good. But then my little tiny tin that I keep in my purse with aspirin and Tylenol in, it's so difficult to open. I mean, I have the hardest time opening it, but I think that's good because then no little kids can get in my purse and open it. Well, they opened it. They had opened it and spilled it out, and I was like, Avery, Avery, did you eat any of these? And she goes, no, and I sighed relief, and then she says, but Molly did. <laughs> and so I'm calling his, um, their other grandfather is a doctor, so I'm dialing him quick while I'm trying to put all the, the, the pills back in there and count them and see, you know, what would have been missing. And um, I found out, you know, they, she maybe had part of one, and the doctor told me, um, so funny, he says, well, she will not get a headache today, but, but she'll be okay. So, but that wasn't the end of my day. Then, um, so I went to get their PJs, and Avery uh, got into the peanut butter, and they were eating it with their hands and fingers, and she was feeding it, actually, to Molly, and she had it all over Molly's face and all over Molly's hair somehow, in her hair and all around, and then I think she felt guilty and thought she should clean it up. So then she had peanut butter on the bathroom handle and the door and then all over the edge of the sink and the faucets, and, and um, yeah, it was a mess. I'm just tired thinking of this. And... Uh, so while I cleaned that up, they went back in the kitchen and with their go-go gadget arms, they reached up and grabbed the, the cup of juice and dropped it and spilled juice. You know, it doesn't just like spill, it splatters. So there was juice all over the cupboards and everywhere else and um, yeah. So, you know, moms need appreciation, grandmas need appreciation, and the good thing about a grandma is, you know, we go through this and, and then the girls, the kids come and pick up the kids and we recover. And um, that's really good, and I don't know if you have that picture of um, 
super Tristan or not, if they can get it up, it was just kind of a funny scripture of him flying over that uh, moms and dads, you can never really get away. Um, they are, they're, they're, they're gonna search and find you out and, and cause <laughs> whatever trouble they can. But you need moments, moms need moments to refresh and regroup and um, get good counsel. We need good counsel. Um, our first baby, and I, I remember, this is a long time ago, I mean, he's, this was in 1976, you know, I'm pregnant and more pregnant and my first baby and life is changing and I know it's not gonna be the same and my body just, that baby's just growing and growing and, and um, more uncomfortable and, and I just realized being a mom is gonna take endurance, it's gonna take valor, tenacity, major commitment, you know, can't change my mind now. And, um, and just hope, am I ever gonna be delivered? I just, I just remembered thinking, man, this is, this is big. And he was, he was so, I am not kidding, he was so, he took up all the space that there was and then some. There was, you know, there's not space left for mom to breathe hardly. And, and um, I was laying on the bed reading my Bible one time and his little paw or foot was going like this. And, and he wouldn't hold still. I remember one day praying, putting hands on my belly like, God, give him peace, put him to sleep. You know, he was just like, like and just uh, shaking up the place and uh, getting ready to preach or something, I don't know. He was uh, very busy and I thought, am I ever gonna be delivered of him? And uh, so, you know, when he was finally born, it was just a really great, great event and about, three months and four months and no sleep and no sleep. I mean, kind of sleep deprived. Have you been sleep deprived? Every mother's shaking her head and everyone's in fathers that know that, that, you know, if you just don't get any more than two or three hours at a whack, after a while your brain just starts like, like, frying or something, I don't know what it is that happens. And so all you dads and husbands and co- I mean anybody that deals with, with um, a, some, a mom, a parent that's up in the night, you, thank you for your patience and your grace and your goodness and all the other stuff you gotta have, all those nesses. Um, so I, here I was just, and he, something was wrong with um, uh, Joshua. I don't know what was bothering him. I could not figure it out. And I'd, I'd get him to sleep and I'd just get back to sleep. And then he'd start crying and fussing again. And, and I just, I didn't, had no idea just what to do. And I'm, 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 I'm just so frustrated. And I asked for God to put peace on him. And oh, he's asleep. And I go back to bed. And once again, he starts crying. And I got out of bed and I'm going in there and I'm thinking, I now understand how someone without God, on some kind of drugs or something, can snap and just lose it. And um, I'm like, God, help me. I love this baby, but I was just so like, and we never say S-H-U-T up at our house, but I wanted to say it right to him. <laughs> I was so frustrated and uh, needed help and needed wisdom and, and um, God got me through that and we got peace and, and, um, and 
Josh survived and, and you know, I lived in the, we lived in the village at that time and it was so, um, so much pressure on just us. There was no Google, there was no Siri, there was no, no uh, we had no TV, no radio. Um, we spoke English and most of the people around me spoke Otomi or Spanish and that I was learning at that time. And, and so I just had God. It's like, God, I need you. We didn't have a, a doctor to go to. And when, when um, Joshua developed I keep forgetting how to pronounce it, like emphatigo or whatever, you know, that little rash thing that babies can get and, and it spreads and then it touches this and spreads. And, and um, I didn't have anyone to go to. And I remember asking God, like, oh, okay, God, help me. Help me. Um, uh, the Bible says you're the great physician. And you know how when you go to the doctor, moms, you know, you're really uptight and your, your child's got a need and you've got to get the answer now and you want to fix the problem. You want to fix it, fix it. I've got to fix it. And, and so we rush to the doctor and we're all uptight and the doctor comes out and looks and says, okay, this is what's not right. This is, what's, this is the name of it and this is the medication and this, this will fix it. And you leave. And there's such relief. And you're like, okay, yeah, God has got this. And um, it's going to be okay. And then uh, you go home. And even though you start giving them the medication, it takes a while for it to process. But but you're not anxious anymore because you know the answer is there. I thought, God... You're the great physician, so I'm just going to do the same thing. I just closed my eyes. I pictured myself going into God's office, sitting there waiting for my turn and getting there and saying, God, look at what's this. And he looked at my baby and he looked at me and says, this rash, and yeah, it's contagious, but I got that covered. That's part of the curse. And you're blessed. And, and uh, we will just apply the blood of Jesus. It cleanses you from all the curses and all the defilement of the enemy. And I give you Proverbs 4, which says the word is medicine. Oh, yes, thank you for that prescription. And I go home, and so I picked up the word, and I applied it just like medicine. I would just, as if I'd, I'd put, put um, salve on it, I just applied the word of God. I thank you, God, that by the stripes that Jesus bore, we are healed, and he is healed, and this curse, uh, cursed rash has to go in Jesus' name. And, and just within a few days, it, it cleared up, and God is faithful, and he's so good, and I'm so thankful that, that um, he can be there when we need him to be there. And um, I'm out of time, and I just had so many more stories and, and good points. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I don't know how that all happened, but um, it just does. Oh, my goodness. Lord. Um, you know, Jesus spoke words that did mighty things. And when I started this message and I spoke about speaking words and... Um, he spoke words that raised the dead, delivered the torment, and healed the sick, and brought financial provision, and transformed lives, and empowered people. And we have these gifts of speaking um, words uh, that can do the very same thing, uh, to speak life, and to speak hope, and to speak purpose. And this is really um, so important. This is what's so important in, in our lives. We need each other. We need, no, nobody needs to parent alone. Um, no one needs to go through difficulties alone. Um, not only are we here, but, you know, even in my situation where I was around nobody, I had no one else, uh, it was my husband and I alone and really didn't have help, God was there. And God is there for you, but 
you have a whole church family, and, and um, don't, don't be alone. Uh, don't, don't, you know, you need prayer, you need encouragement, you need help. Um, reach out for it and go to the Word of God. This is amazing. The Word of God is amazing. It has so much wisdom. It has so much in it. It's just so packed full. And I want to tell you one of the things that my grandmother lived thousands of miles away, and I only got to see her every other year, but um, she spoke to my life, and my parents spoke to my life, and I didn't get to show this in the first, play, first office, but these are just, just a few. We have lots of worn-out Bibles at our house. Um, but I remember sneaking into my grandma's closet and seeing these worn-out Bibles that, that um, she just wore out Bibles, and my mom and dad read their, I, it's not that they pushed us to, to, okay, now get your Bible and get it out and read it, but I saw it and I caught, caught the vision that the Word of God is important, and it's going to make a difference in my life too, and grandma and my mom and dad, they were so much fun. They loved God, and, and I saw the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, and with that, you can't help but taste and see that God is good. And moms and dads, you give your children a taste so they can see that God is good and God is faithful. And when you are in trouble and you don't have all the answers, you go to God. And well, they can go to God too. And, and you lead and follow, lead the direction so that they can follow. We cannot put in their heart what's not in our heart. And though our hearts will make mistakes and things won't be perfect, but Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly, not just for ourselves, but so that we could be like a spring of living water and we can splash life. And, and, and moms, this is what you're good at, is splashing life, splashing life, giving hope, seeing in your children what no one else sees in them, seeing their plan and their purpose that God didn't make them to be brats. God made them for a purpose. And even when they don't see it and know it, that you see it and plant it in them. And um, that's, you know, we are just so thankful for all of you. And as I thought about how relationships are so important, there is one relationship that is absolutely essential, and that is with God. You've got to have the right relationship with God. And he loves you so much. He's not just going to butter you up and tell you, oh, you're special and you're loving. And now just go live life by yourself and deal with your own problems. God loves you so much that he sent Jesus to open up the way so you could come back into his family and he could connect with you. Jesus came because we needed to reconnect with God and to make that connection. And there is no reason why one single person needs to be without that awesome, amazing connection to the God who loves you, the God who will equip you, the God who will solve every problem, the God who wants to heal you, the God who has everything you stand in need of in every one of your frustrating relationships and in all the good relationships. And I'm just was reminded as I thought about um, inviting inviting you to know this awesome, wonderful God that, that um, we love so much. And that was to tell you the story about the time when I, um, it was six months before I met Dwayne. And, and um, I was in Spokane, Washington, 
with my dad's car. I'd been there for a few days and, and needed to get back home and was tired and hungry and wanted to get back home. And it's about 72-mile drive. And um, this is along the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. And so the roads go like this and up like this and like this. And what we call the hills out west there where I grew up, um, in Michigan you call them skiing mountains. But um, we called them hills. And, and so... Um, I, I'm making my way home, and I knew, I remembered in driver's training, they said, when you, don't drive when you're sleepy. And I thought, that's a stupid thing to say. Who's going to drive when they're sleepy? Of course, you know, if you get sleepy, you pull over and sleep. How, how, that doesn't take much sense. Well, I was very sleepy, and I was doing what a lot of you probably have done, slapping myself and pinching myself and rolling the window down, and you can tell how old that car was, rolling the window down and, and um, you know, just honking the horn even and doing whatever I could. These are out in the, out in the country, nobody's around, and, and just um, biting my lip, trying to stay awake. And um, five miles from home, I fell asleep, and... God, in his mercy, kept me from going off the top of the mountain and kept me from hitting the rock wall at the, the bottom and the road curved around like this. And um, at the bottom next to the river, there's guardrails. And I woke up when the car hit the first guardrail. And my very first thought was, oh, I'm sorry, God, give me another chance. I just wanted God to turn the clock back just just two minutes, just give me another chance to make the right decision and I would pull over and sleep like a smart person's supposed to do. And, but it was too late. And after knocking three of the guardrail posts down and, and rolling the car down the hill and, um, and God kept and protect me and um, by total dad's car, um, I remember getting up and... Uh, climbing up out of the, up on the top of the hill and looking up at the sky and thinking, God, I, I could have been with you right now. I, I was ready. Christ was the Lord of my life. But I've thought about it so much since then of that first thought that I had that I so wanted to turn the clock back and have another chance. And I want all of you here all of you that hear this, to know that if you are in a point in your life where you have said over and over again, you know, I'm just doing my thing right now, but someday I'll get right with God just in case, or, you know, I'll get right, I'll get prepared, I'll be ready for eternity, but, but later, later, later. That just like when you get so sleepy, you just kind of lose your ability to think, think the right thoughts that maybe you'll wait till it's too late. And um, just like me, I could not turn the clock back and uh, get a second chance uh, to do it right. And I just want to give you the chance right now that before it's too late, you can just recognize and receive what Jesus did for you. He's standing at the door of your heart and he's knocking and saying, here I am, I love you. Open up your heart to me. Invite me in and I'll be the Lord of your life. I'll reconnect you to the God and Father that loves you so much that he wants to draw you close to him. 
He wants to be a part of your life. I wish just everyone just let's bow our heads. Thank you for watching and being a part of our online family. Subscribe to our channel for access to all of our videos and live services. You can also be notified when a new service becomes available if you ring the notification bell. We cannot do this without you. You can support this ministry and help us reach more people with the word by giving at reslife.org give. Thanks again for watching. Be blessed.